Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, we are starting a new series this morning. We're talking about money, and it's a very, very timely um, series. Uh, we didn't plan it this way, um, but with the economy the way it is, it worked out pretty good. Next month, we're taking the book of Job, so look out. No, just kidding. <laughs> But uh, I did, I don't know if any of you have gotten any of these, uh, people have been sending me emails or uh, online, some of these jokes about the economy, some of like uh, Conan O'Brien and um, uh, Jay Leno and some of these guys. And uh, so that, but just a whole bunch, of, I thought I'd just kind of start with these this morning. Um, it's all about how bad is the economy, okay? But this takes audience participation, okay? So the economy is so bad that I went to the bank and asked for a loan. And the guy there said, I was just going to ask you for the same thing. Ooh. The economy is so bad that the people of San Francisco can only afford the rice. No more roni. The economy is so bad. I saw Mrs. Fields selling Girl Scout cookies. Economy is so bad. I wrote a $5 check over the weekend. The check was good. The bank bounced. The economy is so bad that the guy in the Rolls Royce with the gray Poupon had to downgrade to French's mustard. I got a million of them. I'll be here all week. No. The economy is so bad that I saw a guy at Costco buying a single roll of toilet paper. <laughs> One more. The economy is so bad that at the urging of my financial advisor, I am diversifying where I put my money. The key, he said, is diversification. So I put some in my backyard, some in the crawl space, some in my mattress. <sighs> First service laughed a whole lot louder. And you got the extra hour of sleep besides and then got to sleep in. I mean, you, just, you really do have to laugh because if we really stopped and thought about it, we would all just be crying right now that things are just so bad. And, um, and there's a lot of frustration about the economy today and, and a lot of anger at, uh, at what some things have been going on uh, with the banks and, and certainly a lot of fear. Um, there are people who were planning on retirement that they've had to kind of delay all of that and set it back a few years. It's all on hold. There are people dealing with job uncertainty. Um, there are people who are on fixed incomes, and uh, their fix is going down. And, uh, and, and even people who, who thought they had it all figured out how they were going to pay for their kids' college, and now they're wondering how they're going to be able to do that. There's a great deal of uncertainty about it. And so in the next four weeks, through the whole month of November, we're going to be taking a look at what God has to say about money. And, and I, I, let me just say this up front, especially if you are a guest this morning, um, or, or maybe you consider yourself like a spiritual seeker, you're still on that path, and you're, you're coming here, and the pastor's preaching about money, and, and, and it's just like, I know what happens, I know what happens, everybody feels really uncomfortable, and everybody figures, okay, if the preacher's talking about money, there's going to be a special collection at the end, it just, so let me set your hearts at rest, we are not going to do that this morning, um, my goal is not to try to get something from you. My goal is to hopefully give you some practical wisdom and help when it comes to your finances, particularly, particularly right now. And I think the best 
Advice you can get is from the wisest man who ever lived and had the greatest wisdom about all arenas of life. And it's not Warren Buffett, and it's not Alan Greenspan, and it's not T. Boone Pickens. It's Jesus. Jesus spoke more about the subject of money than any other topic he talked about. In fact, he spoke more, from all the gospel accounts that we have, he spoke more about money than all other topics combined. Why did he do that? It's an important topic. And believe it or not, 2,000 years later, the advice he gave 2,000 years ago still holds true. And it's the best advice you could ever have. And so this morning, that's what we're going to look at. What would Jesus have to say about today's economy? Specifically, how should we be dealing with it? And I think there's some really, really serious principles that we need to take into account. Matthew chapter 6, these are the words of Jesus, beginning in verse 19. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, where the Tao goes down. No, that's not in there. <laughs> these newer translations, I don't know. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that short little two-paragraph sayings of Jesus is incredible wisdom, and it is just as applicable 2,000 years ago as it is today. And so that's what we're going to take a look at. What does Jesus have to say about our money? Some very important principles that all of us need to understand. And I think the first thing he would say, the first thing he would say is, understand this, your money will not bring you security. Your money will not bring you security. Money and possessions will never, ever make anyone secure. And the financial meltdown that our country is facing right now is absolute proof of that. Because you see, we live, we live with this illusion of control. We live with this illusion that we are in control of our financial futures. We are in control of all of our lives. And it is just an illusion. It's easy to believe the illusion when the market is going up. It's easy to believe when home values are increasing, when my 401k is growing. It's real easy to live out that illusion. And when crisis comes, it shatters the illusion. And Jesus warned us, it is nothing but an illusion. None of it lasts. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. The economic crisis our country is facing right now has shattered that myth. Because all of us who thought we were all set up and everything was going, coming together and retirement was... You know, man, it's going to be great, then I'm going to put my kids... We're not in control. The reality is we are always vulnerable. We are never in control. And when that illusion is exposed, as painful as that exposure is, it's the first step to freedom. 
with all the market panic and home foreclosures and all the stuff that's going on right now, you keep asking the experts. You know, they keep, and I've watched some of these programs and they interview all these experts and, and nope, and they keep asking, when is it going to bottom out? When will we hit bottom and start to rise again? When will home values stabilize? When will, and nobody knows. Nobody knows. And the truth is, they never did. They really, they never did. It's just best guesses. And that's all they can do now. Investments rise and fall. Purchases that we make become obsolete. The things that we buy fall apart. None of it lasts. And that's what Jesus said. John Ortberg wrote a book not too long ago. The title is, When the Game is Over, It All Goes Back in the Box. Great book. This is what he writes. He writes, imagine going on a car ride. In this imaginary ride, we're behind a few dozen pickups. They're all filled with old furniture, rusted refrigerators, and obsolete TV sets, and velvet pictures of Elvis. <laughs> one by one, they stop at the edge of a hill. The driver gets out, throws all the stuff from their trucks over the edge of the hill to whatever's below. And then you get out of your car and look over the edge and see what's going on. You see nothing but acres and acres of junk. This is old stuff home. It used to be called a junkyard or a dump, but nobody wants to live next to one of those, so now we call it a landfill. Garbage and dump and junk are sad words, but filling land with more land, that sounds positive. Who doesn't want more world, this world to have more land? But it's a dump all the same. And that's where old stuff goes to die. Flat screen TVs, sub-zero refrigerators, which, by the way, they don't actually get that cold. Sub-zero refers to your IQ at the moment you're willing to pay that much for an overpriced refrigerator. <laughs> and toasters and Twinkies and pieces of all old Learjets will all next to each other in the democracy of decay. It's not that treasures are bad. It's that they won't last. Stuff is a foolish investment because it's all going back in the box. Jesus said, don't build your life on that stuff. As valuable as you might think it is, as much as you think it's going to increase in value and be a big dividend return for you, don't build your life on that stuff. He says, instead, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. It's not that Jesus is saying it. you can't have stuff and you can't make investments and you shouldn't buy things. That's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is, invest in what matters. Use what you have been given for good. Take the resources you have and leverage them for eternity. And the way that you do that is you use your resources to care for other people because that's the only thing that lasts into eternity. And you use them to serve others and to grow in grace and to advance God's work in this world. And here's why. And this is the key sentence to this whole section. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is the key sentence to understanding everything that Jesus is talking about here. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And any of you who have invested in the stock market or you got a mutual fund, you know when you made that investment, there went a little piece of your heart. And now, and now, on that ticker that rolls across the screen, there's a bit of your heart just passing on by. 
It's three little letters. You have no idea what they mean or what that company represents, but that's a piece of your heart going right on by. And you get up in the morning, you check out the paper, and you go, oh, I don't want to know. And it's just a piece of your heart. Because where you put your treasure, your heart follows. And Jesus says, be careful where you put your treasure because your heart will always follow it. Sometimes I have people say things to me like, I wish I had more of a heart for missions. And I tell them, you can. Give to missions. Go on a short-term mission trip. You will have a heart for missions because where your treasure goes, your heart follows. And that's what Jesus is saying. Your money in itself, your possessions, your treasure in itself will not bring you security. It never will. It can't fulfill that promise. So he says, invest in the things that matter. Use your resources for things that count. Second piece of advice he gives us is this. If you don't keep the right perspective, you are bound to make the wrong decisions. If you don't keep the right perspective, you're bound to make the wrong decisions. Next sentence, very next sentence, Matthew 6, 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. What? I thought we were talking about treasure. What are we, we, the, the, you know, this is like the ultimate non-sequitur. You know, non-sequitur. What, what, Jesus, we were talking about finances and not treasure. Not, I, where, where did that come in? Did we change the subject? He's talking about perspective. He says, if your eyes are good, your whole body will be filled, full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. What he is talking about is our perspective. And what it comes down to is it's a lifestyle issue. It's a lifestyle issue. Let me illustrate what I mean. Let me ask you, in your heart of hearts, if you were truly honest, which do you focus more on? The things you have or the things you don't have? Be honest. I don't know if I should ask anybody to raise hands, but I won't do. <laughs> really, what do you think most of? What do you focus most on? The things you do have or the things that you don't have? Because if your perspective is on the things that you don't have, that's what leads to bad financial choices. Because what happens is your lifestyle drives your finances. And we have a whole industry, marketing and advertisers, and all their one and only job is to get you to look at what you don't have. They're not bad people. They got a job to do. They might even believe in their products. But their job is to get you to focus on what you don't have. It's their one and only job. This really struck home to me a couple of years ago. I told this story before. First time I ever took a mission trip to Uganda. And, and it was in November, and I came home. We actually arrived home the day before Thanksgiving. And I got up Thanksgiving morning, and I got the newspaper, and I'm sitting down at the table, and you know what's, you, you know what's in the newspaper the day before Thanksgiving, don't you? I mean, it is, it is worse than the Sunday paper. Stacks and stacks of advertisements. And I sat, I sat at the kitchen table, and I went through each one of these, and I went, I don't need this, I don't need this, I don't need this. I had just come from a country where people were happy to have rice with their meal, for dinner and I come back to this affluent society that we live in 
And I'm facing all these ads. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't need any of this stuff. But you know what? At the very same time I am saying that, deep down inside of me, deep down inside of me, there was another voice that was saying, oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes. Oh, I hope I get that for Christmas, you know. And, 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 and I was torn. I, I cannot describe it. I cannot describe those mixed feelings because on one hand, I'm saying to myself, I don't need any of this stuff. And deep down inside of me, another voice was saying, I hope I get every one of them. And that's how it works. We are, we, it's, it's an uphill battle, folks. It is swimming upstream. It is going counter to our culture and our society to not be driven by lifestyle. And I am just as guilty, if not more so than anyone in this room. Because here's what happens. When our lifestyle drives our finances, what happens is when we focus on what we don't need instead of, on what we don't have instead of what we do have, what we do is we create an artificial sense of need. That's what happens. That's what that perspective does. It creates an artificial sense of need. The truth is, we don't need 90% of the stuff in our house. We really don't need it. But when we have the wrong perspective, it creates this artificial sense of need. And when our lifestyle drives our finances, we get ourselves into trouble because we see now, we need now, we buy now, we pay later. (laughs) And so our finances are always trying to catch up with the lifestyle that we should not really be living. And it's because of our perspective. Jesus reminds us, keep the right perspective. If your eyes are good, he says, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Now, some of your Bibles might have a footnote there because really the words that are used there for good and for bad are really generous and stingy. So, so really, the best translation, and, and our newer translations don't quite convey that, but really it says, if your eyes are generous, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are stingy or selfish, your whole body will be full of darkness. Because selfishness is a dead-end street. One of the wisest kings, maybe the wisest king, in all of Israel's history, and by the way, the most wealthy king in all of Israel's history wrote these words, Ecclesiastes 2. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. In other words, I saw it, I got it. It looked good, I took it. I wanted it, I bought it. I I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. And he says, this is the end result. This is what I decided. Everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. It's a dead-end street. Selfishness, self-indulgence is a dead-end street. And Jesus said, if the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He says, keep the right perspective. And the right perspective is one of 
gratitude and generosity. Because those are kingdom traits. Those are godly traits. Those are eternal traits. And here's what happens, particularly when times get tough. The first thing that we pull back on is gratitude and generosity. And I think Jesus would say to us right now, more than anything else, you've got to work on keeping perspective. You need to keep grateful for what you do have, and you need to keep generous to those who do not. Because those are kingdom traits. And if your eye is good and generous, your whole life will be filled with light. But if you pull back the selfishness, being stingy, your whole life will be dark. If you don't keep the right perspective, you are bound to make the wrong decisions. And here's the third principle. It's the last thing he talks about. And he says this, financial freedom, true financial freedom comes when I surrender it all to God. That's where true freedom comes from. Now that might not sound right to you, (laughs) but it is. True financial freedom comes when I surrender it all to God. Jesus says, I have a choice to make. You and I have a choice in the matter. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve two masters. There is an exclusivity of relationship when it comes to you and God. And he's the only master that you can really have. Randy Elkhorn puts it this way in his book. He says, I might have two jobs. I might have three sisters. I might have five friends. But I only have one wife. (laughs) There is an exclusivity about that relationship. And, And Jesus is saying the very same thing. He says, be very, very clear about what this choice is. You cannot serve both God and money. That is the choice. Now, you might say, but I don't serve money. I don't serve money. I make money. I spend money. I save some money. I invest some money. But I don't serve money. Listen to this verse, Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is what? Servant to the lender. If you are in debt at all, you are a slave. Your money has led you into slavery. The wrong perspective causes us to make those bad choices. And those bad choices put us into deep debt. And now we are locked and chained. And it started with the wrong perspective. But that's what happens. The King James, newer translations say you cannot serve both God and money. But that's really not a good translation. And the King James Version will actually say you're, you cannot serve both God and mammon. The trouble is we don't have mammon these days. We don't know what what's mammon means. And so the best that we can do in modern translations is just say money. But it's really much bigger than money. Mammon actually has to do with our wealth, our riches, our possessions, our stuff. It's, it's all of that. It's not just our money. It's everything. It's, it's, it's materialism personified is what it is. And God says, Jesus said, 
you got a choice. And the number one competitor for your heart is not the devil. The number one competitor for your heart is not Satan. It is not evil. It is not temptation. The number one competitor for your heart is stuff. It's mammon. It's your money. And there is a way out. There's a way out of that darkness. There is a way out of that slavery. Jesus said, you need to understand where the competition is. And he could say this because he understands the hearts of men and women better than any of us are willing to admit. Because God doesn't need your money. He really doesn't. But he does want your heart. And the reason Jesus talked so much about the subject of money is he understood better than anybody else has ever understood before, better than we are willing to admit to ourselves that our true God, our true God, very often is money. That is what runs our life. And that is the number one competitor. And Jesus understood that better than anyone else. And he doesn't need our money. But he does want our hearts. In fact, you can read through all of the Gospels, the whole, every, four, every, one, every one of the four Gospels, not once, not once did Jesus ever ask anybody to give them money. Never. In all four Gospels, never once did Jesus say, give me your money. Well, he did once. He did once. He borrowed a coin for an illustration, but he gave it back. <laughs> because he doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. But the number one competitor for your heart is your money. And that's what he understood better than any of us. And it takes a change of allegiance. It changed the choice. Uh, it's a choice to change allegiance from the stuff that drives my life, from the lifestyle that drives my finances, to an exclusive relationship with him that determines everything else. Andy Stanley put it this way. I love this quote. Jesus was not trying to get people's money, but he was trying to keep people's money from getting them. <laughs> and every one of us in this room know what it's like to be gotten. <laughs> and that's all that Jesus is saying. Saying, understand, there's a battle for your devotion. There is a battle for the things that you value. There is a tug of war that is going on for where you put your trust. And it is between God and your stuff. And you can make a choice to change that. Inside your program, there's an insert like this. Go ahead and pull it out. Because we're going to get really, really practical right now. Here's how to get ungotten. Okay? Because the very first step in all of this is, Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So, the first thing i got to figure out is, where is my treasure? And so, this is a very, very practical exercise that all of you can do, okay? Take this out. It's, it's a pretty exhaustive, it's not a budget, okay? We're not doing budget yet. Don't get freaked out, okay? We're, all we're going to do is track your finances, okay? So, that's all this is. This is just, where do you spend your money, okay? And don't guess at this. Here's what you're going to do. This is your homework. It's November 2nd, okay? You got, okay, you got a one-day reprieve on this. Unless, you, okay? But starting today, every purchase that you make, 
Save your receipt. Every, every purchase. Don't, you know, all you got to do, get an envelope at home. Every purchase you make this week, save the receipts, get home, stick them in the envelope. Okay? Just do that every day this week. You make a purchase, make sure you get the receipt, take the receipt home, stick it in the envelope. Make a purchase the next day, save the receipt, save them all, stick them in the envelope, okay? Just put them in the envelope. Don't do anything else with them. Put the receipts in the envelope, okay? Now, some, some of you do some online banking, okay? Print out at the end of the week then where those checks went, where, those things, where you don't have receipts, but you got the record. Okay, print that out. Whatever you do, stick it all in the envelope. Saturday night, next Saturday night, here's what you're going to do before you go out, or you can do it after you go out. In fact, might be better if you do it before you go out. <laughs> might change the restaurant you go to, okay? But here's what you do. Saturday night then, pull all those receipts out, and here there's all these different categories. There's nine different categories here, okay? And just put the receipts in the piles according to these categories, okay? It's a pretty extensive list, okay? It's, and I know, there's, there are better ways of doing this, okay? But we can't afford to buy everybody Quicken and teach you how to use it. So, so this will work, Okay? Save the receipts Saturday night. Take all those receipts out. Put them in, the, in categories according to this list. And then fill in the blanks. That's all you got to do. Just for the week. Where did my money go? Just track where your money went. Next week, we'll provide these again. In fact, we got extras. Some of you are going to say, oh, man, I'm going to need more than one. We are making extras, okay? At the resource desk, if you want to stop in there, we'll have extras there. Pick a couple up. We're actually making them available to you online. If you go to our website, go to the, on the left-hand side of the, um, the website, the first uh, homepage it says listen and learn you can click on there we'll have a pdf of this on on a single page forward that you can use download as many copies as you want okay but this is what you're going to do for the month of november and, and we chose to do it in november because december is not a good month to do this okay but here's what you do save the receipts write them down the end of the week saturday night write them all down keep the record okay and i know some of you are thinking oh but that's work I'm gonna, you mean I'm going to have to do something? I, I didn't want to do something. I just wanted to come and show up and sit and listen. You're, you're making me do something. Yes, because if you don't do this, nothing I said today is going to make any, any difference in your life. Okay? This is very practical stuff. This week, save the receipts, stick them in the envelope, Saturday night, fill in the form. I'll have another one for you next week. Do the same thing. Then come to the end of the month, take all of these forms, and add them all together. And I think you'll be surprised. Because you know what happens is, well, it seems to me, or I think that, but you don't know. And, and if you get yourself to the end of the month and you're asking that question, where does it all go? If you don't know the answer to that question, it's only one person's fault. It's yours. I don't know where your money went. But if you don't know the answer to that question, it's your own fault. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And if you don't know where your treasure is, you have no idea where your heart's going. Get it? Good. <laughs> For the three of you that did. Okay, I'll go through this again. Take out this piece, but no. Just do this, okay? Just do this. This is the first step. This, we're going to talk about more things in the weeks to come, but this is just the first step. You've got to know where it's going before you can decide where you really want to go with it. So do that. Okay? Are you with me? Okay. Okay. I'm going to check. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to hold them up and show them. No, I won't do that. Well, yeah, maybe I will. But the whole idea is this. 
This is important stuff. And, and, and believe me, particularly when times get tough financially. And this is the crazy thing. When things go bad, then everybody says, well, it's time to do some belt tightening. Why wasn't the belt tight three months ago? Three years ago? 30 years ago? Just think if you had tightened the belt way back then, how much better shape you would be in right here and now. So instead of waiting till it's an emergency to tighten the belt, we're going to help you learn how to tighten the belt comfortably, but tighten it nonetheless, so that you could have a better idea of where your heart's going. It's very practical stuff. It's what Jesus talked about. So in the weeks ahead, we're going to give you more, more practical help and, and work, walk you through this, and, and we're going to learn together. But the first step, the first step is just simply this. Know where it's going. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.